Welcome to the Daily Boogie. And a good evening, everyone. Chris McDonald, Special Mac Files broadcast with our dear friend down under, the Boogie Bumper, the one and only. And uh, it's always good to have Boogie with us on this program. And uh, he is such a dear friend. We've gotten to know each other quite well over the last year. And one of these days, I'm going to surprise him. He's going to be driving down his road, and he's going to see this gray-headed hermit <laughs> that's going to be walking down the streets of Australia. And I'm going to wave at him. He's going to say, oh, my God, here's Chris McDonald. Because uh, Australia is one of my bucket list places to come one day. It's good to see you, man. How are you? Good, good. I won't be able to get to you, though. You'll be swamped by all of the young women down in Australia. I, I, they'll, be, they'll be 20 rows deep, Chris. How will I get to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm sure that's that's the truth. But don't let me barf my, my, my uh, supper. I'm laughing on that one, Boogie Bumper. That's funny. Hey, man, um, it's good to see you. It's, it's always good to see you. Uh, we hadn't talked in a while, and there's been a lot that's gone on, and uh, Actually, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours. And I tell you, Boogie, this uh, Mueller probe coming to an end, I don't think it's the end. I think it's the beginning of a deep state drain swamp by Trump, because Mm -hmm. I think this was what was hindering, not really hindering. Let me change that word. It would have been political suicide to try to do what he's about to do while the probe was going. But by Robert Mueller clearing him, exonerating him, and I'll just... I'm going to just take it a step further than the Dems will. He has been exonerated. He has been cleared. This bullshit investigation was bullshit two years ago. It's bullshit tonight. It never should have happened. And one of the things I took away from the letter that Barr wrote, and I'll give it to you, he even wrote in the letter, Boogie, in the obstruction part, because the letter was breaking, broken up into two parts. He dealt with the Russian collusion, mm-hmm. and then he dealt with the fact that even though the department, I mean, the Robert Mueller did not believe Trump obstructed justice, Bob Barr wrote in that letter, he said, it is my opinion, along with that of Deputy H.G. Rod Rosenstein, that because, and I thought this was interesting, because Trump was not guilty of Russia collusion, There was no way that he could obstruct justice, Boogie, because the investigation itself was not really valid because he was never guilty of the crime that they accused him of doing. I thought that was very wild wording by our Attorney General Bill Barr. I know you're down there, down under, but you follow our politics a great deal. How has Australia taken to the news that Trump and all this has been cleared up with the Russia probe? I'm curious. With with an perhaps an unsurprising amount of blase, you know, laissez faire. Oh well, it's not really that big of a deal anyway, right? Um, yeah, po- probably taking a leaf out of the Democrats' book now, who for the last two years have put Robert Mueller and this report up on a pedestal as though it's going to be the be all and end all of the Trump administration. <laughs> And just instantaneously flipping like that to now, it's like, well, it's not really that important. We've got a whole bunch of other investigations going on. You know, the Robert Mueller case, that was only a small part of what we're doing here. And, you know, I'm just amazed. I was was thinking about this earlier today, Chris, if I may. Go ahead. Did you see earlier today, only maybe two hours ago, uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer arguing about the release of this report in the Senate. 
A little bit. I, I okay. caught a little bit of that. Okay. So as of you know, as of the time of recording this, so uh, Chuck Schumer is in there. We need to release the whole report. Mitch McConnell is uh, not allowing that to go through now. There might be a whole range of reasons why Mitch McConnell is doing that. His reason for uh, he's saying, you know, there's national security concerns, some parts that might all well be valid. And I'm not saying he's doing it for this reason, but if you think about it, uh, Nadler, Schiff have already come out and get this threatened to subpoena Robert Mueller and AG Barr to oh, get man. them in front of a congressional hearing. So they can lambast them and ask them questions and try to reveal more. Do you think about how destructive that would be for the Democrats to have that oh, spectacle play out? The guy that they've held up as a hero for the last two years, they drag him in and start hurling <laughs> abuse at him. Can you imagine? I know. And so, yeah. you know, there might be that might be beneficial for the Republicans to hold on to it. And just because here's the other thing too. You know, a lot of Democrats are never going to be convinced. They're always going to think that there's some kind of Russia collusion, right? But we do tend to, because we're engaged in social media and stuff, I think we do tend to think that that's most of the Democrats. I'm not sure it is. I think we're dealing with, you know, a hard kind of 20% on the edge. They're always going to be convinced. But the more that the Democrats pursue this, the more the media um, goes way over the top and continues on with this farce, I think you're going to find the rest of the 80%, they're going to just drift away. They're going to switch off. They're going to disengage. They already are. Apparently, you know, New York Times or Washington Post are already watching their subscriptions go through the floor today because of the hoax. (laughs) So I think you almost, don't you almost want the Democrats to continue? So perhaps it's in the the GOP's interest, Mitch McConnell, to say, yeah, no, you know what? We're not going to release it. Do what you've got to do, Chuck. You know, if you want to subpoena Robert Mueller, okay, that gets up to you. You know what I mean? Why not? Let him hang it out there a little longer. Why not? Boogie, I think you're on something there, and I'm like you. I think it'd be great theater. And I will tell you this, and you brought up a great point about the 20%. Uh, I, I read an article today briefly as we were getting our paper done today uh, by Doug Schoen. He's, he's, not, he's not a conservative. He's a liberal Democrat. And he basically wrote in his column, he said that the Democrats, if they want to guarantee the suicide of 2020 and their party to go into oblivion, keep investigating Trump. He said, what we're doing right now, he said, all we're doing is firing up his base. All we're doing is firing up middle America. And I said this on our justice show, our special justice show on Monday to share it with sale. Boogie, the left, as you said, will always believe Trump's guilty. The right will always believe he's innocent. But those independents in the middle, they always swing either way. You never know from one day, one election to the next, how these independents are going to break. Some years they'll break Republican. Some years they'll break Democrat. I think this has made them sick. I think this has basically done something to that independent base that is going to make Trump. uh, Basically, there's no such thing in politics as a prohibited favorite. But if they keep this shit up, he's going to become a prohibited favorite for 2020. And it don't matter who the Dems put out there, they're going to get slaughtered. And I think that's almost what I think they're beginning to see, the handwriting on the wall. That's why this left-wing agenda is being pushed so much that they know that they're only going to appeal to a certain base out there. Middle America boogie would never accept this radical bunch in a million damn years. Not even a remote, not one thing I've heard coming out of any of their mouths would middle America accept 
neither would the independents. And this Russia probe is the same thing. I just think it's turning them off. It's making them repugnant. And the more they stoke it, Boogie, that's the crazy thing to me, man. After the damn reports come out, it's not like they've said, okay, we we agree. Like you said, you know, he's been their messiah for two years, and now all of a sudden he's the Antichrist. Hell, they're not even they're not even breathing, taking a breath. They're still out there cry, claiming that there's racial collusion and there's obstruction of justice. And we've got ample evidence, as Adam Schitt says, of ample collusion of Russia collusion, even though Boogie Robert Mueller in his report, and I read the letter today. We read it, and I'm telling you, as the date of this program, that letter is as clear as can be. It says Trump did not collude with the Russians. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's again, it's testament to you know, we're living in a time where the truth doesn't matter. The facts don't matter. They don't matter. The reality doesn't matter. It's all about the story you can sell. You know, it's interesting. Uh, You know, I have a few uh, listeners to my program, Chris, who are Democrats. Um, But they're they're not the kind of Democrat that we, you know, we characterize as, you know, the pink hair, the Coke bottle glasses, the morbidly obese, screeching for their right to kill unborn children. They're they're more the... They're more the moderate, uh, moderate. you know, yeah. yeah, the blue dog Democrats. And sure. I had one of them reach out to me on Twitter yesterday and say, you know what, I'm a little excited by all of this. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And they said, yes, because now uh, heads are going to have to roll in Democrat Party leadership and in the corporate media, and it may turn the tide in the Demo- in the civil war on our side, you know, for the, Dem- for the blue dog Democrats to take back their own party from this unhinged sect on the hard left. So, you know, there's optimism for them in this as well. But of course, uh, you know, if you continue to vote for uh, the Democrat Party leadership as it stands now, well, you're only perpetuating the power that the hard left is going to, you know, continue to usurp. You're going to have to at some point uh, send a message. And if that is, you know, a complete and utter defeat in 2020, which, which could be on the cards now, I think a lot of Democrats would now be thinking after this Mueller report the way it's gone down. And with adding on top, layering on top the complication that's going to come with making a spectacle out of the committee hearings, uh, you know, pushing a, something that middle America, like you said, has completely turned off this thing now. And yeah. the more the Democrats hang on to it, the worse they're going to look to a lot of people. Uh, if you layer that on top, like here's another thing. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Sorry, Chris, but no, you're, fine, about- you're great. You're doing great. What about what are the moderates supposed to do that won in the purple districts? There's about 70 congressional seats, right? So how the hell are they going to stand on a platform in 2020? Because all of the con- uh, congressional seats are up for grabs. So you've got about, I think it's 72 seats that are smack bang in the middle. You, t- you were talking about the independents. That's where they come into play. So yeah. 72 seats. And we're talking about margins like less than 1%, 2%, 3%. These can go either way. These can go either way. If you have if you have a swing from the independents and you know the moderate, you know, uh, Democrats in these purple districts, the swing might only be five percent. Seventy seats could go back to the Republican Party like that, like that. Exactly. I mean, are they committing suicide? Do they? Here's I've got a question for you: Are they committing suicide, or do they think that this is? Do they legitimately think this is their best possible chance to getting the White House back in 2020? Well, I'll I'll answer that, and then I'll ask you the same question because that was my next question to you: Is what the hell is going on in the mind of these damn Democrats? But Boogie, I'll say this: What I believe is happening is a combination of both. 
Um, I do believe that there is a civil war going on in the Democratic Party, somewhat like went on in the Republican Party in 2010 with the Tea Party. Uh, it's not as violent and, and, and not as um, it's the, the difference in the two wars is this. The Tea Party had a legitimate gripe with the country. It had a legitimate gripe with Barack Obama, this Obamacare, the direction the country was taking, the taxation, the regulation. And sadly, a lot of rhino Republicans betrayed the Tea Party and and splintered it. And the Tea Party itself was not without fault because our friend sure. Phil D'Angelo, who lives up in upstate New York, he was actually part of the Tea Party. He was part of the Tea Party leadership. And he's told me numerous times that the Tea Party itself put candidates out there that were not the best. They started bickering among themselves. A lot of division started and the thing splintered. The difference in this civil war is that the Democrats will do all that. But Boogie, when it comes to those elections, there's solidarity. They're not going to betray their party. And that's the difference in the two parties. And that's the difference. And I think so. They there's a part of that that, yeah, it may be suicide, but there's a part of them that know that. There's a part of these Democrats that know they can cuss, fuss, and call each other the F word and everything else, and they're not even going to – it won't matter when it comes to the election because the common denominator is they care more about their base and electric than we do in the Republican Party because we'll lose the damn election over a petty difference. They don't make a shitting thing make a difference at all, uh, Boogie. That's what drives me crazy with the Republicans and the right. That we'll literally – we'll die on a hill and lose the nation, the Democrats – will sell you socialism and smile at you at doing it. And their middle base that you talked about, they may just test that. But when it comes down to going in that voting booth, very few of them will vote for Donald Trump. Very few of them will vote for a right candidate. I hope that does, that's my view on it. And I may be wrong about that, but that's sort of how I see this. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of looking at it, you know, and you're probably right. Uh, the leadership can make all the pronouncements and appeals to the far left as they wish, even though I suspect they actually want to suppress the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar. <laughs> uh, they don't want them out there running around yeah. doing what they do, but then yeah. they'll have the local Democrats running on local issues and running on very moderate platforms. And that's arguably what they did quite successfully in the uh, midterms that have just gone they past. Did. But I do, I do think it's going to be difficult. Like I don't want to be a Democrat in one of those marginal seats right now. Like with what, like to waking up today, having to go back and tell your constituents, you know what's going on, uh, your opinion of Donald Trump, because they they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They can't come out and say, well, um, the the Mueller report's done. We should all move on, which would be the correct thing to do. Uh, say we should all move on. Let's get back to, <clears throat> pardon me, fixing up the issues. You know, tackling the big issues, yep. healthcare, yep. education, do that kind of routine. They can't come out and do that because their own party leadership is saying the opposite. Oh, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep digging. We're looking for more exactly. Russia. So, what? What the hell are these? Uh, you know, these we would call them backbenchers. You know, people who well, aren't in the aren't in the top rungs of the Democrat. Uh, you know, the House members. They're not on the committees and stuff like that. They're just local people. Um, you know, it's, they're in a very tough place today. I don't envy them at all. 
Uh, uh, well, I don't envy them, but I'm sitting there. I don't feel saying, sorry for them either. <laughs> you need exactly. to I'm about to say, Boogie, this, where's my damn popcorn at? Listen to you talk. I'm ready to read my damn popcorn, man, and get a kaleidoscope viewfinder. Hey, baby, let's, let's get, let's see this up close. I'm ready to see this shit up close to the Democrat Party. I love that. Hey, I got an interesting take on that, and I, I'm going to run this by you, and I, it comes as my statement, and then I'll ask you a question about this. Do you think that they are somewhat scared, Boogie? And, and and let me let me preference by what I'm about to say with the scared part. You know, one of the tactics of Saul Alinsky, and we all know the a lot of a lot of damn Saul Alinsky is there. That's the only reading material they can read, uh, because that seems to be all they do is is take out of his book. But one of the things that Saul Alinsky wrote. Rules for Radicals, for those of you that don't know who I'm talking about, who dedicated his book to Satan himself and who Hillary Clinton probably had sex with at some point in her life and spawned Chelsea. He's probably the <laughs> father of Chelsea. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm putting all these conspiracy theories out here tonight. I'm just doing this for the right wing watch folk because I know they'll write a dumbass article about me. So they got to have something dumb to well, write. So you've got you to you've you've throw out something sexy to get their attention these days because there's so many, <laughs> there's so many Nazis. Everybody's a Nazi now. You've got to stand out, don't you? You've got to stand out, Chris. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This Nazi shit's getting old. So we might as well just throw it out. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Alinsky is Chelsea's daddy. Woo. I got proof. That's what required my what to know. <laughs> but anyway, my question to you, if I can get it out, I believe, Boogie, some of this is fear because they know they've hit Trump with their best shot. You know, uh, I heard a boxer, uh, uh, you know, and I like Rocky. I love the Rocky movies. I do. I've, I've loved the Rocky movies through the years. And that one one quote that is attributed to Sylvester Stallone, that's really true about life in general, but politics especially. It's not that you get hit and get knocked down because we all get knocked down. It's how you take that punch. It's whether you can get back up after you've taken a punch and keep fighting. Let me tell you something, Boog. The Donald Trump, President Trump, took a punch over the last two years. And, buddy, he took many of them. It's not just a few, buddy. He got beat up like hell in the media. He got beat up like hell on the left. He's gotten beat up by the, uh, the even the Republicans. Some of these wavering Republicans wouldn't stand with him. Uh, I mean, you had people out there saying, oh, you know, the Mueller probe is not a witch hunt and the president's just wrong for criticizing him and all this bullshit and all that. But let me tell you something, brother. He's standing up today. He's mm-hmm. taken their best and he survived it. And now it's his turn. And I'm beginning to wonder, Boogie, if they're not a little nervous of what his turn's going to look like. Yep. Because, my friend, we still got FISA out there. We still got Huber out there. We still got the AG re- IG report coming. And you got a man by the name of Bill Barr who my respect level for Bill Barr has quadrupled mm. in the last 48 hours. Because my I was sort of on the fence with him when he first got nominated. But I have to say, as of today, now, Chris may change his mind tomorrow <laughs> about this, but as of today, I'm, I'm a fan of Bill Barr. But my question to you, do you think it's partly that they're scared to death and the only thing they know to do is what Saul Alinsky taught him to do, throw guilt back on your opponent to make him look guilty of the same thing you are? Sure. Um, you know, there's very little else they can do at this point. Um, if they're not, If they're not fearful, they should be. 
I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, and it doesn't even have to be because of Huber. It doesn't have to be because of Pfizer. You can just, let's put all that to one side because, you know, let's, let's, let's say for the sake of argument that these things aren't going to yield the kind of prosecutorial results that we want or expect to yield. So let's just put them to one side. That's not even relevant here. The reason that they should be fearful is for the first time in two years, Trump actually has clean air. He's got a clean run now. And they're going to try and create an environment. Um, They're going to have to use the press, which is now completely discredited. So they're going to have to rely on the press, which, again, like we said, the people are shutting off now because they've been told two years for two years that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. And that's now not the case. Um, I was reading a a report in the Washington Post yesterday uh, trying to absolve themselves of any guilt but saying, you know, the media is going to have to stand up and take this. You know, they're going to have to take a bath on this one. They got it wrong. <laughs> You're in the newspaper business, Chris. If, if you were reporting on a story for two oh years, God. you know, you know, a little, a little redressing of the story on page five isn't going to do it this time. Nope. That's not, not good enough. It's going to have no, to be front page. We got it wrong. You know, you're going to have to cut and anything less of that, I think, is going to be completely and wholly inadequate. So for that very reason, the Democrats have been using the press quite, you know, effectively over the last two years, even though people like us, people who watch this show, you know, obviously don't fall for it. But a lot of people out there do uh, that 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 weapon is now gone. That's out of their kit bag. So they should be fearful. They should be fearful because now Trump is going to have clean air. He's going to have the momentum and he's going to have the positive role now from here on in because anything that the press reports, here's the the kicker for you. Democrats will tell you this, reasonable ones, not the hard left. Reasonable Democrats will tell you that their job to remove Trump in 2020 is far more difficult now because of this and the way the media has covered it, Chris, exactly. any anything they report on in regards to Donald Trump now is going to be instantly dismissed. Instantly Absolutely. dismissed. Not just by Republicans, though. Not just by Republicans, Chris. By Democrats as well. Exactly. And exactly. that's that's why the Democrats should be fearful, because now for the first time in two years, Trump has actually clear run. He's going to be able to do what he wants and nothing that they are going to be able to say in the press is going to stop him now. Now he's away. And it's perfect timing. It's perfect timing. You know, in football, you want to peak. You don't want to play your best football in round three. You want to play your best football right at the end of the year. And we're, exactly. we're just we're in the first week of the, uh, the playoffs now, aren't we? Heading into 2020 yeah. towards the Super Bowl. So they should be, if they're not fearful, then they should be removed for being uh, criminally negligent of and having such a lack of political awareness that maybe they don't even know what planet they're on. I'm not sure. Well, speaking of the media, I, even Fox yesterday, I, it just pissed me off some of the comments, and I'll use a couple of them. I'll use two examples. Shannon Bream uh, was talking to somebody and one of the lawyers, and she made the smart-ass remark. She says, well, don't you find it concerning that the Russians and uh, interfered in the 2016 elections, despite what Bob Mueller said. And I, I was just looking at the screen and I said, what a dumbass. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shannon, do you not believe the Russians have been interfering in our freaking elections for free freaking decades? I mean, really? Is mm-hmm. this news? This is not news, Shannon. They've always interfered with our damn elections. But Boogie, let me tell you something. America's interfered in other elections. We interfered mm-hmm. in Israel's elections under Obama and nobody said a damn thing. I mean, what does she think this is? This is not Monopoly up in Washington, D.C. The CIA 
and these organizations, of course we do stuff to other countries. They do it to us. We do it to them. That's just politics, man. That's just the world scene. And the other comment, and I'll give it back to you, that pissed me off was John Scott. John Scott comes on 7 o'clock report, and his first sentence out of his mouth. The Bob Mueller report has been released today, and it seemingly has exonerated President Trump. And I thought to myself, John, you dumbass, it did not seemingly exonerate him. It did exonerate him. Yeah. Well, imagine how words get get tweeted like that. And that's you pick those things up, how they give that idea that maybe it didn't. It did. There's no seemingly to it. That's right. Uh, you know, it's you're again. You're in the paper business. You would understand this. The power of inference, right? When you're reporting yes. on something, yeah. And talented writers are very good at this kind of thing. You know, it was suggested that there w- might be collusion in the report. Would be the way that they're spinning it after they've said for two years that there absolutely is collusion in the report. You know, well, Robert <laughs> Mueller, Robert Mueller, he might have suggested that collusion is on the table, right? That that's going to be the new way. <laughs> So, of course, you know, you you come to expect that because, hey, there's going to have to be a lot of pride swallowing here too, you know, and journalists aren't – journalists, to be fair, today, in today's age, when when journalism is like celebrity now, once upon a time – like I used to like to think of journalism as like the umpire in that when the umpire has had a good game, when the referee has had a good game, you never noticed him, you know, like – So – the, the, in journalism, the journalist themselves is not supposed to be the story. The story is supposed to be the story. But a lot of journalists have made this about themselves. Look at Jim Acosta, for example. He can't go a week without making himself the news. So That's there's, right. there's going to have to be a lot of pride swallowing here. Uh, what you said about Shannon Bream, I, I forget. Uh, what, remind me again what you said about Shannon. Uh, what did she say on Fox News? Oh, about the Russian interference. It's almost yes. like this is a news flash. The Russians interfered in our elections. I mean, damn, come on. Yes. I mean, well, really? Well, look at, look, at, look at what they've done here, though. Here's another one for you. Um, look at how they've turned the argument into uh, you either accept or deny that the Russians interfered in the elections. But that's a false. That's a false argument. How about this? Yeah. The more the more adult way of looking at it would be to argue the level of interference, and you know the amount of interference, and that's what they never want to discuss because it's so minuscule. Because the reality is, everybody is always trying to in- interfere in everybody's elections all the time. Like it's not <laughs> even. Well, it's true. Exactly. It's true. China, uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, there's a lot of interfering going on at the UN level. Various countries block certain votes. They do this. They send bills through, right? Everybody's trying to interfere in everybody's elections all the time. That's that's the status quo for world politics at all t- at all times. Everybody is trying to meddle everywhere. That's not saying that it's right, but let's talk about then. If you want to talk about specific Russian election meddling in 2016, well, fine. Let's talk about it. <laughs> we had we had the, we had the lawyer for Twitter come out and state on the record that tweets from Russia in regards to the 2016 election represented 0.0001 percent of all tweets. That's not exactly. much. It was it was four thousand dollars worth of advertising on Google, which Jerry Nadler himself in the hearing. <laughs> In the hearing, he said, I want a figure about the Russian interference in our election. And the guy was looking at him like like Jerry Nadler was a scolded puppy. The guy was like, are you sure you want me to tell you this? Okay, $4,000 worth of Google advertising. 
So if we're talking about Russia meddling in the 2016 election, everybody is meddling all the time. I would I would wager that Thailand spent more money meddling in the <laughs> in the 2016 election. Pick pick the pick the poorest country. Pick the poorest country on earth. They probably spent more than $4,000 on an advertising to meddle in the United States election for whatever reason. It is completely and utterly insane. It it is. I got to tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because I read the I read the letter today, fully, and um, there was something hilarious in there that I, I picked up on, and I just busted out laughing when I read it. It was the second because it was as I said, it was broken up into two parts. It talked about the uh, meddling first, but then it got into the obstruction where the uh, Mueller team did not draw any conclusions on obstruction, so that left the bar and Rosenstein. They said, well, we looked at this and. Look, President Trump was clear of the first crime, so that was sort of to take the obstruction of justice argument out because there wasn't nothing he was obstructing. I mean, hell, he wasn't obstructing anything, but the fact he was innocent. I mean, come on. Yep. But the end of in the body of that second section, there was a paragraph. There was two things that they tied the Russians to. It was an internet research agency, IRA, literally, uh, that they claim had had meddled in this. But the second one had me on the floor laughing when they were talking about the damn hacking of the DNC server and Hillary Clinton's emails. And I thought to myself, you dumbasses, how in the hell do you think they wasn't hacked when you had John Podesta using the word dumbass or password, password. as his password? password. And then you had Hillary running a damn server out of her kitchen basement and the free password. How how could how could the how could the genius laugh about this boogie? But damn, my my freaking weak old grandson could have hacked that damn computer instead of this bullshit that they're claiming that the Russians were so damn smart that they hacked into the it was there it was the wily scheme from the from the ever intelligent ruskies chris how did they ever (laughs) how did they ever penetrate this this fortress of security wow here's here's one for you um this has been tweeted around in the last 24 hours in regards to obstruction of justice okay i've got a question for you i want you to tell me at which point the obstruction of justice kicks in here's some numbers 2800 subpoenas 500 witnesses called, 500 search warrants, 230 communications <laughs> records, 50 phone taps, 13 foreign government intel requests. Can you tell me where did the obstruction of justice occur exactly? This has gone on for two years, 2,800 subpoenas, right? So maybe subpoena 2,801, maybe that's when Donald Trump said, okay, I'm going to obstruct this now. Because it seems like, if we, like, where is the obstruction here? The, 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 no. It's so insane. They're going to continue to pursue. The, the, the House Democrats' plan, they're even smarter than the Russians, Chris, who hacked password, who hacked, you know, who hacked the bathroom <laughs> server. They, they are far more intelligent than the Russians because they, they are legitimately going to spend the next 18 months pursuing an an obstruction of justice claim against the president when the when the when the when the investigation itself has gone on for 2 years and spent 32 million dollars and when the original crime that apparently the investigation was focusing on didn't happen so president trump obstructed he obstructed an investigation that went for 2 years cost 32 million dollars into a crime that never existed and this is this is their strategy 
It's like, bravo, Chuck Schumer. How bravo, did you come baby. up with this? How did you pick this up? <laughs> wow. This boy's got a future. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a hard time not laughing at this hard bug. I you swear, should. man. This, this, you should is, laugh. this is this is just the bullshit that I'm talking yep. about, man. This is two years of bullshit. Yep. And Boogie. And Boogie, the, the crazy thing about it is there's some people out there tonight that we're talking to, or we're probably hearing this that's not our chat buddies, but our 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 our, our fan club, quote unquote, and I'm putting that in our quotations. Mm-hmm. They believe this shit. Yep. They still believe he colluded. They still believe he obstructed justice. Yep. You've got people out there tonight on the left, in Hollywood, in Congress, that still believe it. Yeah. They still believe it. Mm-hmm. That is more troubling to me than this whole two two year orgy of shit that's been going on over our country. I'm sure I'm tired, I'm, man. I'm just yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I think yeah, no, it's funny because we're laughing, we're having a bit of a joke. Because you kind of have to. It's a good it's a good release valve, isn't it? It's good to just relieve it, the pressure. But you're right. What's what's actually taken place here, you know, in all seriousness, people ordinarily wouldn't be laughing at it. Uh, it because it's an extreme it's a it's a perversion of the justice system if nothing else very much so and it's a it's been it's been heartbreaking and i know you're you are a a longtime fancier of quality journalism and quality media and you know i think you and i are both on the same page we just want it to be better like we Absolutely. we we expect a certain level of integrity yes please you know an ethical standard in journalism and for me personally, it's been heartbreaking to see the media, uh, you know, commit suicide on this uh, the way they yeah. have. And, you know, because it's going to be harder now to get legitimate news out there circulating. And if, if you're a young journalist or you're going through communication school, be prepared the next 10 years of your life because of what your, your comrades in the profession have done here. It's going to make your life so much harder. But on the upside, you'll, you'll stand out a lot more. If you if you stick to you know ethical standards in journalism, so you know it, it's it's funny, but it is also heartbreaking at the same time. But hey, uh, them's the breaks. <laughs> you know you've got to roll with the punches, and the Democrats have no one to blame but themselves. And we've been telling we were trying to give them free advice for two years. Hey, this is only going to make it worse for you in the long run. There is absolutely no way that Trump's going to be indicted here. You know, you guys need to snap out of this. You're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting anyone else. And, you know, here we are. Here we are. So, yep. It is glorious. It's really glorious to watch this party do this to themselves. Because, again, but, you know, I, it, it's funny. You said what you said a while ago about, about um, the media. And, Boogie, you know, the, the, the bad thing about the media right now is that if, let's just say, let's just say a true scandal came up right now, okay? Let's just say that one of Trump's family or or something in the White House happened, and I'll just use an example. I'll just use the uh, postage stamps, just the, the postal service scandal of the Clintons. Remember that back in mm-hmm. the 90s and Hillary had fired all those people and it was yep. just a mess, okay? Let's just say something like that happened right now. Even if that was true, and the media got a hold of that right now, nobody would believe a damn word of it. Yep. They wouldn't. And, and see what's happened. And again, I, I believe President Trump's a man of integrity. Uh, all these name callings, that's the other thing that just irritates me and really grieves my spirit when I hear it. The calling him Nazi, calling him racist, calling him a bigot, calling him a loser, calling him all sorts of names by media people. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about politicians. I'm talking about media people. 
since when? And I heard Chris Matthews, you know, all this to all yesterday. Why did Mueller let him off the hook, insinuating again that he was a crook? You know, we've heard crook, we've heard collusion, we've heard Russian agent, mm-hmm. all these names. Boogie, let me tell you something. If I would have wrote stuff like that in any news article during the two years, three years I was a, a little small town newspaper writer, my my publisher would have kicked me to the curb. I'd have probably been fired. He'd have called me into that office and he said, "What is this?" What is this? We don't call people names. We don't act like a petulant child. You don't agree with him. That's not part of your job. You're not here to name call. But you know, Boogie, those standards have been tossed out the door. Mm -hmm. And again, even if something really, truly affected this nation that we need to talk about right now, the credibility has gone. And that's why these shows, your show, James R., all these shows, all these scopes, Tav Show, are so vitally important right now because the only place people can turn to to get at least a fair rendering of the news, okay? Because we have a little fun. I do. I mean, I have a little fun at the left's expense. I do. But when all the smoke clears, I'm trying to get the truth out to the people about what's really going on. When I bring a guest on, I'm not here to grandize anything. I just want to hear from the horse's mouth of what's really happening in our intelligence communities, what's happening in the educational field, what's happening in uh, the medical profession, what's happening in the world of faith, what's happening in the world of politics, and get some truth. Yeah. Because Boogie at a premium right now, brother, and it's sad. It's mm-hmm. sad to see that. Yeah. yeah and, and people are starving for it too, I think. They are starving, Boogie. You know, there's, there's just not enough anymore. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the people who are bad – what they're doing right now are bringing down the rest of them who are good. So the people who are actually good at their job are now going to be struggling for oxygen, thanks to the bad hombres in their in their colleague, right? Um, That's right. James O'Keefe once said, uh, "You James O'Keefe is the guy in charge of Project Veritas, Veritas actually actually yes. doing undercover journalism. You know, a, a yeah, scary absolutely. thought, right? Legitimate undercover journalism." And he said, you know, I, I was listening to an interview with him a few years ago, and he said part of the problem here is it's a, it's an identity crisis that the modern journalist is going through because they think that uh, being they think journalism is an identity, but he said that's not the case, and it's definitely not the case anymore. He said journalism is an activity. If if you are walking on the street and you see something going down, you take a video with your phone, you go home, you write it up on a blog and you share it around and you email it out, you are doing journalism at that point. You know, and if you're reporting in the alternative media, you're you're if you're dice- if you're breaking stories or if you're, you know, doing commentary, which is more, you know, the realm that you and I are in, or you're just disseminating uh, disseminating what's happening and you know breaking it down for people you know, taking bite-sized chunks out of daily events, that kind of thing. You're you're doing journalism essentially at that point. Uh, you don't have to have the job. You don't have to have a desk at the New York Times office. You don't have to be on the payroll of the Washington Post. But there there is a level of entitlement now for these guys that that they think that they are they are the gatekeepers of information for us in an age where information is readily accessible without them and that's that's the worst possible attitude to have um you know they need to be more open to the idea that they're competing in a very very hot marketplace and the days of being able to write slanderous propaganda even though in bygone eras people were far more talented at it 
They didn't just have to say everybody's a racist, everybody's a homophobe. Uh, if they wanted to smear you, they would come up with far more creative ways of doing it than just calling right. your names. <laughs> you know, they've lost that talent as well. So, you know, it's a hot marketplace. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it is sad, but I like the fact that you brought up, you know, what other people are doing in this area because that's a positive, I think. Um, they, have, they have essentially created the competition that's going to drive them out <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And, you know, so be it, you know, if something good can come from something bad, then, you know, I think we should all be in favor of that, shouldn't we? So, or at least support it. I'm all with you there. Boogie, I got a weird question for you. And it's not weird, but it it sort of correlates to two situations that have happened uh, that tied to the Mueller probe. And it has to do with those Covenant High School kids. Um, The Covenant High School kids have sued the living hell out of several news agencies. They've sued the Washington Post. They have sued uh, Bill Maher. They've sued NBC. They've sued MSNBC. They've sued CNN. $250 million, and they're going for the gusto. They're not mm. backing down. Their lawyer said no apology right now that comes is, is going to even be not listening for apologies. We want the damn money. Okay. Now, <clears throat> this is my question, and this is this is what I've been thinking about today. They are on a precipice of being the youngest millionaires in the history of Covington High School. (laughs) Let me put it like this. The Catholic Church right now is already sending letters out to these boys and saying, please remember us when you tithe that money. Please remember your church. (laughs) I'm just saying. And if they're listening to me tonight, remember the Mac files too, because we've had your back from the beginning. We've had your back from the beginning. Absolutely. But, uh, But this is my question to you. Does Donald Trump, Boogie, because to me, it's a correlation. The two things correlate. He was falsely accused for two years by the same media. Falsely accused. Not one damn shred of evidence, not one damn shred of anything to base these claims on, other than just a pissed off electric on the left that got pissed off because Hillary had her ass handed to her by somebody that she should have never lost to. Okay. Does he have any legal standing with this to go after these same news outlets like those Covenant High School kids do? Well, uh, let me put it this way. He might, he might, or he might not have a legal standing. He might have a legal standing to go after them, but uh, would it politically be the the right thing to do? I suspect probably not. And I I think, I think that Donald Trump is probably fighting every natural urge in his being to not sue the (laughs) shit out of these people. Believe it. You know what I mean. Um, he's, you know, he's he's done it before, and he's never yes. been afraid of going after crappy reporters who lie about him in the past. But uh, you know, I suspect as pre- I think, I think you know, cooler heads will prevail, and Donald Trump will see the political victory as as the win here. I think, and you know, hey, they're doing a good enough job of destroying themselves as it is, right? Well, um, what's the old saying? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with the Covington kids and, you know, the school might come out and say, remember us when you tithe. But I would say to the Covington Covington kids, yeah, remember how the principal didn't have you back after it happened. Exactly. So maybe perhaps perhaps give your blessing to another who is perhaps more (laughs) more supportive of your current plight. You know, maybe that's the advice. 
The Twitter feed is at ChrisMack44 <laughs> and at Boogie Bopper. We had your back, guys. We, we had did. your back all the time. We, we did. We, we, uh, we trashed your school for not having your back. Just remember that, man. Just remember that when you win all this money. Absolutely. Can I raise – Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking of something you said to me a few months ago. And uh, it may have been one of our first interviews we ever done together. And you were laughing then about the fact that every single month since January 2017, the media, the left and the Democrats have always had one thing. This is the end of Donald Trump. This yep. is the end of Donald Trump. March comes. This is the end of Donald Trump. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. We're here in March getting ready to go into April. This is the end of Donald Trump. I guarantee you he's going down. And it's amazing, Boogie, they're still saying that tonight. And guess what? Donald Trump is still there. And he's going right. to be there until 2024. Absolutely. And, yet, yeah, that piece, it was at the start of one of my Thursday night shows. That was 15 minutes. Yeah. That was 15 minutes of just reading of incidents, you know, from one I month know. to the next over the previous two years where they said it was over. They said it's all over. And, you know, they did it in the campaign when he ran. Remember when Billy Bush, exactly. the Billy Bush thing came out? The Donald Trump presidency is over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, Jesus. These, <laughs> don't these people ever get sick of being wrong at some point? Come on, man. Like, really? I don't think they, I don't think they do, Boogie. You know, you were, saying, you were saying before about um, the, these people believe it. I'm sure a lot of people believe the collusion thing and – and all the all that goes along with it, but I'm sure that there is a big chunk, especially in DC. I don't, I don't think, I think that you what you have here is like the the low information true believers on the street. They believe it, but I suspect the the leadership in DC who actually know what happens in here, like they they have leakers, they have inside information, inside baseball. I I think they know better. I, I I'm I'm actually going to say I think it's a far more sinister situation i don't think they believe it at all i think they know it's all garbage but they they are just so committed to the cause that i mean the ends justify the means right whatever we have to do whatever we have to do whatever old lady's purse we need to steal whatever person we need to stab in the back however many people we need to destroy and discredit and throw under the bus Whatever sick, twisted plot we need to concoct, whatever sinister, dark urge we need to fulfill, whatever gets that guy out of the White House, then it is all fair game and it's all justified. And I don't know. And I know because it's we're going back to the three laws of politics here, right? Everything that everybody does is either to one, get power, two, keep power, or three, stop somebody else from taking it. And they they are now trying to get power back, and they, they will do whatever it takes, you know. And yeah. but I think don't you just think maybe this time, maybe maybe this time, the chickens will come home to roost. Maybe, just maybe. I think they're scared shitless, but yeah, I do. I think that they know that Trump's holding the cards. Look, he's got the cards now. He's had them all along. Yeah. But the right time was he had to have the right timing to play his cards. They've played their hand. It's his turn, and I can't wait to see what's about to hit this hit this deep state. 
I really can't. Hey, man, we got about 10 minutes. This is going by so quick. It's always a good sign because we've had such a good time on this interview tonight. And um, we're going to have you back on soon. We don't need to make these trips as long in between as we <laughs> as our schedules have been crazy. But I just I love having you on the show, and you're welcome anytime here. Uh, but, Boogie, I, I do want to ask you about some international news. Uh, Brexit seems to be uh, sort of bogging down in Britain, and uh, there's also some – uh, you know, tension mountain in Europe over that and, and what the Brits are going to do uh, from your sources that, you know, cause I know you're, you're in Australia down there and down under, but what do you, what do you see as May's? Um, I don't think she survives this. Honestly, I just don't see how she can survive. And, you know, if they would have just kept the pure Brexit vote in place and kept the purity of what Nigel Farage and others did at the beginning and just voted on the damn thing, get out of the EU I don't think any of this would happen, but because the elites, because the elites started tinkering with it and they started messing around with it, British people are saying, that's not what we voted for. We want a clean break. We don't want no ties to the EU. Am I wrong in that? Uh, yes and no. Um, you're right in one sense, but you're wrong in another because the people who are marching on the streets now are actually marching for a second referendum because they want to stay. So what's happened in over the course, right, over the course of the last three years due to the dragging out of the process, and look, it was always going to be messy, and here's why. We can talk about elites, we can talk about globalists, we can talk about pressures from the EU, we can talk about, you know, geopolitical structures and all that kind of thing and the difficulty with trade, with borders, with Northern Ireland. That, that's all fine. That's They're all factors. But it was always going to be messy for one very simple reason. Politicians are involved. You know, yeah, I mean? absolutely. <laughs> once, once, yeah, like the vote is clean. It was, it was a clean, uh, it was a clear referendum. Britain wants out of the EU, fine. But then politicians are the ones that actually have to make it happen. And when you have politicians trying to make it happen, then you're going to have competing interests and you're going to have agendas and you're going to have individual politics come into play. So some people want to stand for a hard Brexit because that's what their constituents want. Other people have, you know, business lobbies behind them that don't want a Brexit at all. So their job is going to be obstruct to draw it out, to drag it out. They, all of these all of these things swirling around in the mess that is the UK Parliament, which can barely function as it is anyway, I mean, when you've got, you know, acid attacks and stabbings through the roof on the capital of the biggest city and the and the mayor of the largest city, the capital of London, you know, gets on the world stage and says, well, we're yeah. just all going to have to get used to terrorism, you know, basically, <laughs> basically Great. outsourcing his responsibility to keep his own people safe. So what, what do people expect? But I, I would suspect then that the, the people who have the most interest um, invested in keeping the UK as part of the EU superstructure, which is basically a, a bureaucratic socialist super state with no oversight and no recourse for member states who want to get out. Um, you know, the people who wanted the UK to stay in, they have essentially gotten 95% of what they want to the point where their supporters have now been mobilised over the last three years due to the theatrics, due to the circus, due to the pageantry. They're now outraged enough to be out there and marching where the first time around, Chris, they couldn't be bothered. They couldn't be bothered. And the people who voted for Brexit the first time, guess what their position is now? <sighs> they're, yeah. deflect, they're deflated, they're dejected, they're disheartened. And, you know, the, the anger that existed the first time around, the, the, the movement, this is, this is a fine um, study for what can happen to a movement if it's not nurtured. 
if it's not protected. And if people, if people aren't willing to go the, the whole length of the, you got to go the whole way, you know, it's no point doing 95 yards up the field and not getting the TD at the end, right? Because if there's no payoff at the end, you got to get that touchdown. Got to get in the end zone, baby. Absolutely. So this is a fine, it's a fine example for what can happen because the, you know, the Brexiteers went, you know, 90 yards down the field and now the line of scrimmage is on their own end zone instead. They're about to lose it all. So it's, it's troubling. And I'm not sure the way out of it. I, I'm I'm sure May won't survive, but it depends. Will she be replaced by someone in her own cabinet before an election, which will give the Tories at least a fighting chance of retaining government, as slim as it is? Or will she be replaced with an actual socialist, not a democratic socialist, a genuine card-carrying socialist in Jeremy Corbyn, who said, he puts his hand up, I am a socialist, <laughs> right? Uh, we yeah. could have a socialist PM replace Theresa May instead of another conservative, which would be troubling. Yeah, very much so. But I, I will tell you this, um, it, it sort of pretends what's happening with the mega community. And I will say this, it was, it was either you or Amy, um, based Amy, that told me that Britain don't have a Trump. And that's the difference in the two situations right now. If they had Donald Trump leading them right now, this wouldn't be happening. But because they've not had a Donald Trump and Nigel Farage is a good guy. He was at CPAC. I, I we tried to get Nigel on our program and it's, you know, these big types, it's hard to get through it's to tough, them sometimes. Yeah. But, but we are we are trying. But anyway, he is a good guy. I do believe Nigel's on on the on the on the white hat team, but they don't have that strong leader to mobilize the Brexit movement any longer. Mm. And that's what they're missing. And again, it's gonna be tragically sad to me to see them stay in Europe and that EU and basically just have their country destroyed because of the open border policy of the European Union and other policies that are not good for the world. It's not good for Europe, not good for international relations. And, you know, President Trump, I think, has offered his help. He's had his hand out to the Brits and say, look, whatever I can do to help you with this, I'll come over there and do it. But because of the Trump hatred and because of the the same deep state in Britain that we've got over here and the elites and, again, the voters. And you mentioned something while ago about the, the elites, and I'm glad you did. It's not just their fault, Boogie. It's our fault. Mm. We have the country, and I would say this about Australia. I'd say about America. I'll say about Britain. And I'll say about any nation in the world. The people of that nation have the kind of nation they want because they have the power to change it, except in dictatorships. And to be frank with you, there's only a few of those out there left. There's a few still of countries that can't do that, but a majority of the nations of the world, Boogie, are run democratically. Mm -hmm. We're not a democracy here in America. We're a republic. But most countries have the will of the people dictate what direction the nation wants to take. Guess what, Boogie? A lot of them choose the government that they want to have. Yep. And I, I look at Hamas, and we've got to wrap this up. I look at Israel right now with their issue with the Palestinians. And people, you know, slam me all the time, and they say, well, you know, Israel's nothing but an apartheid state, and they're just so cruel and so mean to those whole poor Palestinian people. And when I look at them and say, well, do you realize that the Palestinian people elected a freaking terrorist group to run them? Mm -hmm. I mean, what the hell do you expect Israel to do? Yep. Yeah, I mean, just tonight, Gaza's being hit. You know, rockets are flying from Gaza right now that hit another 10 
area and spots in, within the Israeli border. And I got news for you. How Israel handles that, I don't care what kind of response they give. Mm. You don't bomb a city. I guarantee you this. If Chris McDonald was the Israeli prime minister tonight or I was the president of this country and some a foreign entity, if Mexico or Canada won, lobbed missiles into my nation, I don't care where they landed. I don't care if they landed out and hit a cow in the butt. I'm going to tell you something. Their ass would pay a price before sundown. Mm. Something would happen. There would not be this, well, we can't attack, we can't, we can't fight back, and Israel needs to show restraint during these missile attacks. Hell no, they don't. They don't need to show any damn restraint. They need to send a damn message that that behavior is unacceptable. Now, I, I said all that to get to my bigger point, what I was saying earlier. The Palestinians have nobody to blame for their plight but themselves. None. And they have nobody to blame for the fact that's the government they chose. And Boogie, and I know this may sound cold to some people, but that's the international community at large, brother. That's really, truly, ultimately, if Britain wants to stay in the EU, it's going to come down to the people. They're either going to have to stand up and fight this, or as you said, that deflated feeling, give up. Mm. I just pray they don't give up. I pray they keep fighting. And I pray for a Trump in Great Britain. I do. I pray for because I love Great Britain. I love there's people over there I love to death. And and I know that there's a lot of people that's crying out for the same kind of freedom that President Trump has brought this nation. But they're going to have to do it at the grassroots and they're going to have to shake the government. The government. Let me tell you this and I'll let you wrap it up after this. We, the people, should not be afraid of our government. The government should be damn well afraid of us, and that is in every freaking country of this world. Absolutely, that's wanting freedom. Absolutely, I, I, I've said that. I've said that exact same line many times myself. That is exactly the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't mean you know they don't. Have, they, it's not fear for your life or anything like that. But it's it's the it's like the fear of God. It's more like about respect. Like if you don't if you don't handle yes. it the right way, if you don't act in the best capacity. In with the responsibility with which you've been charged, then you will be removed, and you know you, the the swift swift justice at the ballot box will come for you, knocking on your door in the middle of the night. And you're right, you know, um, you know, we we do select, we do have the countries that we wanted, and people will bring up things like, well, yes, but the education system, uh, the subversion of our culture, you know, Hollywood dragging us down. These are all valid concerns, but. Ultimately, your point stands in that we have chosen our path for a whole, a whole number of reasons, and many of those may be deceitful, but here's the upside. Uh, the re- there is a very valid reason to bring you back to you know alternative media and stuff like that. There is a very valid reason why people in government find what we do here as, as a problem, and that's because we are now able to engage in these conversations because... Those who would want to deceive and lead your country down a certain path and lie to you, what they want you to think that you are isolated and alone in your views. And if you believe your nation's interests should be put first, if you want, you know, God, honor and country and, you know, family values and free market capitalism, law and order, uh, strict immigration, these kinds of things, well, up until, you know, maybe 10 years ago at the most, maybe even a bit less for a wider group of people, you you were made to feel like you were alone, you were ancient, you were a dinosaur, you're on the fringe, nobody believes you. What these communities have enabled us to do is actually discover, wait, that's the opposite. We're not the fringe dwellers. They're the fringe dwellers. Right. 
They're the lunatics. And, you know, we have chosen the countries that we have right now, but, you know, I think part of the reason that censorship is hitting us so hard and why it's such an ongoing issue is because we're now aware that we no longer have to choose this country. We no longer have to choose this particular direction. We can choose our own direction, and that is precisely what these people do not want us to do. So, uh, you know, don't... don't, right. and, and to your other point, Chris, just very quickly before we go, um, for the Brexit, for the Brexiteers, for the MAGA people, for people in my own country here, you you don't ever stop fighting. When when Brexit got when Brexit got through, that was the start of the fight. When Donald Trump got elected, that was the start of the fight. That wasn't the end of anything because, as you can see, the way that they have they have turned the tables in the UK, the other side never stopped fighting. They didn't give up, so why should you? Um, if And we were talking about, to bring it back around to the beginning again, talking about the Democrats, Chris, they're going to keep investigating. They're going to keep the charade going. They haven't stopped fighting. They're not giving sure. up. They haven't given up. So if you put your feet up, you'll lose. You know, you're, you're winning right. now. You're winning now, but that doesn't mean you've won. So the, the left never sleeps. They're not going to stop. Neither should you. Point, my friend, and uh, I wish we could keep you on for two hours. Boogie, next time we get together, I hope it's soon, maybe in a week or so again, I do want to deal with Christchurch and what happened there with the uh, gun grab that New Zealand, uh, they they have just sold their soul to the devil, and I know you got some thoughts on that. We didn't get to that tonight. I wanted to, but soon we'll have you back on soon. Buddy, thank you so much for this interview. I think this was a fun, uh, power-packed information interview tonight, and your insight is always welcome here on the Mac Files, and you are the best person i've ever never seen uh in per- <laughs> i've never seen his face in the dark you're the best co-host i've ever had that i've don't see nothing but a black screen and green shit falling down like rain like the matrix so i just want you to know that you you're you're number one in my book boogie i just <laughs> well, thanks thanks for having me i'll i'll see you on the beach in sydney surrounded by about three dozen <laughs> three dozen females chris <laughs> <laughs> Sure thing, Boogie. 3,000, 3,000, baby. I got it. <laughs> hey, man, all jokes aside, great to have you tonight on the Mac Files, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank and, you. And uh, listen, you take care of yourself down there, down under. We'll have you back on soon, my friend. We've been talking to the one and only Boogie Bumper. You see his Twitter handle on his uh, screen there, and we appreciate Boogie. Uh, Boogie, you have a show on. Tell everybody about your show real quick before we, we get out of here, how they can find you on the internet. And also, you got some new shows, and you and James are on Tab Show 1 a.m. now on Sunday going into Sunday morning into Monday uh, but uh, you've got your own little podcast now tell everybody about that real quick and we'll call it a night yes live streaming Monday through Thursday on YouTube Periscope Twitch TV uh, if you follow youtube.com forward slash C forward slash boogie bumper or just follow the Twitter account and so then when I go live you'll be able to watch if you miss all that just look for the daily boogie podcast which is on Podbean or iTunes and you can listen to it at your leisure anytime after that so thanks thanks again for having me Chris it's an absolute pleasure God bless Buddy, you too. And I want to thank Boogie publicly. He's helped me a lot with the Podbean cast and getting me on there, and uh, he's done a great deal. We warm you up at 10. Boogie takes you on at 11. So I get you warmed up in the bullpen, man. I, I get these folks fired up, and then they go right into your show. They're ready to rock and roll and fight, you know, so that's good. <laughs> anyway, God bless you guys out there. God bless your families. God bless this great nation of America and Australia, our bloody mates down under. Until next time, Chris McDonald. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Boogie. Appreciate you, buddy. Good night.